Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds team matchup in You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now. Here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe, presented by Bet Online. I am Cam Rogers. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, evening, what have you. To tune in to the program, it's a jam-packed show as always. Thursday night football preview, Falcons and Panthers should be an interesting matchup there. College football analyst Blake Rafino will join me, talk about LSU beating Alabama, Georgia decisively beating Tennessee, and of course the college football playoff picture as we stand. Plus, my NFL Week 10 predictions Coming off a solid week against the spread and straight up. So let's keep that momentum going. I will predict every single NFL game this week. And my best bets for the PGA Tours event this week, the Cadence Houston Open. I will get to that later in the show as well. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 And let's get this show going. Let's talk about Thursday night football. Falcons, Panthers, this one in Carolina, North Carolina. The Panthers are getting three points in this matchup. Of course, these two teams met not too long ago, just a couple of weeks ago in what was an electric matchup. But a game that I think the Falcons should have won decisively The Panthers needed a miracle comeback in the first meeting to even send this to overtime. And the Falcons historically have dominated this series, winning eight of their last 10. So I think this spread should be larger in my opinion. It seems like the Panthers fell back to earth a little bit versus the Bengals after getting destroyed in Cincinnati. Cordero Patterson adds so much to this rushing attack. Another great rushing performance for the Falcons a week ago against the Chargers. And the Panthers are ranked 23rd in rush DVOA. So with that, I am picking the Falcons to cover minus three with confidence. I'm not concerned about this Panthers team at all. Give me the Falcons to get it done. 
All right, coming up on the other side of the show, Blake Rafino will talk college football with me right here on Lock It In. Stick around. Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Joining the show right now is college football analyst and host of Are You Serious Sports, Blake Rafino. Blake, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much for having me. And I only just got three little things I have to say. Ba, 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 da. How about them Tigers, baby? Taking well, down Bama and Baton Rouge. I Cam, I got to tell you, the air smells better. Water tastes more pure. You know, like it, everything is just more pure. I just sorry I had to get that out of the way. I couldn't help myself. Well, don't worry, my friend, because we're jumping right into it. I want to unpack all of your Saturday experience here with LSU taking down Alabama in primetime in Baton Rouge. And let's just start with your initial reaction. Well, actually, let's go back. Did you predict this to happen? And then what was your reaction at the end? So if you remember, there was a human being who asked me to give a hot take on the Believe podcast network. That's true. And his name's Cam Rogers. And so I said, and got obliterated for it on Twitter, I said LSU wins 31-28 if they do the three things that I predicted them to do. Number one, you had to have big plays. Jaden Daniels did that. Number two, you had to force the ball down the field. They did that. And then number three, don't get out of your element, Cam. Like, mm-hmm. so many teams when they play Alabama or they play Georgia, they try to do things – that they don't normally do, and it back b- bites them in the backside, a.k.a. Tennessee. So I said the score is going to be 31-28, LSU. It was 32-31, so we were, we were relatively close. Um, I did not – I got to be honest, though. I did not fully believe it would happen. I just can't – I. I can't pick again. I can't pick for Nick Saban as a as a resident of Louisiana. You just can't do it. But I do think that Brian Kelly brings a different dynamic to Baton Rouge that like let's just call it what it is. People outside Louisiana didn't know what Ed Orgeron was saying half the time because they couldn't understand his accent mm-hmm. unless you were from here. And number two, Les Miles ate grass. So if those two human beings can win national titles here. What is Brian Kelly going to do? And then in his first try, he he takes down Nick. So, um, yeah, I thought that they did the three things that you have to do to beat Alabama. They did them. They won. Truly remarkable stuff. And it's always tough to play in Death Valley. We hear about that all the time. We'll get to Alabama. We'll get to Brian Kelly in a little bit here, Blake. But yep. what did you do after the game? Did you go to a bar? Did you sling back some tequila shots? Did you just go right to bed? Like, what was the evening like the rest of the the way there? Well, first off, I didn't sleep really. Um, But we have a two-week-old that my wife and Megan and I just... That's right. uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So on our Saturday morning show with me and another Believe podcast host, Joe DeLeon, we call him Bruno because that's his middle name. Uh, and Jenna Duddleson do a segment where we she makes these drinks. Well, I just so happened to have in my studio during the postgame show all the stuff and alcohol that was in here. I also had a, a whole pint worth or a whole fifth worth of Crown Roll Peach. What during the wrong? show, <laughs> I was just pouring the alcohol in there and Cam was just going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. 
Then as an absolute crazy person as I am, as soon as the post-game show was over, I had like, I literally, I think I sent Joe this. I had 285 text messages, okay, and like 17 missed phone calls. And I'm like, all right, I'm not responding to any of them right now. <laughs> I just went back and and I just went back home and, and like sat in the living room and rewatched the game. And so that's what I did. And it was just like, man, everybody was just so excited. Uh, so I wasn't on, on campus because we have a two-week-old. Uh, but, man, I was going – Cam, I was just going bananas, man. Like, it was just – it was crazy because you nobody expected us to be here. Or I say us, but LSU to be here. Minus 13-and-a-half-point favorites Alabama was going into that game, Blake. And one of my best bets was the Crimson Tide laying those points. Cam auto-fade Rogers. That's what my friends call me. <laughs> so, like, truly amazing stuff. I want to talk about Brian Kelly here. First season as head coach, to your point. Yep. I feel like when he first arrived, there were some cringeworthy moments. The whole recruiting video thing, his dancing was a little bit cringe. And I think you had some words about that as well. Talk about his season, though. I mean, the proof is in the pudding right now. You just beat Nick. Uh, and compare him to Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. Well, here's the thing. And like, so, so, and we, like people overcomplicate things about culture and fit. And look, Louisiana is a whole different form of gumbo, right? Like it's mm -hmm. a different breed of people. It's a different breed of atmosphere. But the only culture that works here is winning. Like, it does not matter if you talk with a Boston accent or what you do as long as you win. Cam, they're ahead of schedule, though. Like, there's no reason whatsoever we should be in the second week of November, and LSU has is literally a win away from winning the West. A team that was predicted in the beginning of the season, six and a half, seven wins, and all of a sudden you sit here and they're there. They're seven and two chance to go on the road and win the golden boot and, and clinch the sec West and go so, to the big dance and get to the big dance. And look, anything happens in Atlanta when LSU gets in there. So I, I just think that they're ahead of schedule. I think that what people are noticing for is two things. Number one, LSU did have talent like LSU recruited at a high level. They have a lot of talent, but number two, I think what a lot of people are seeing is Brian Kelly's actually a really damn good coach, mm -hmm. right? Like, what he did at Notre Dame is not a fleece. Like, and you can you can make fun of Marcus Freeman or whatever all you want to. He's still a good coach. He's going to be fine there. But my whole thing is, is you don't just win five straight seasons of 10 wins or more and be a bad coach. Now he brings here. So, Cam, this has been my, um, my analogy in all of this. If Brian Kelly could find a way to get the offensive line that he had at Notre Dame to Baton Rouge and Louisiana with the weapons that they have outside. Now, everybody knows who they are. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Leonard Fournette, Jeremy Hill. And you can find someone who can do something special at quarterback. They can be really deadly. Well, what's happening? The offensive line is really young, but they have two five-star bookends at tackle. They have a freshman All-American at guard. Oh, so their offensive line is doing well with receivers on the outside. I just think that that at Notre Dame, he just didn't have that type of talent. So to that point, 
to get who Brian Kelly is about Les Miles and Ed Orgeron, neither one of those men would have won that game. Neither one of them. Neither one of them would have had the play call hmm. to, to beat them. Neither one of them would have been able – neither one of them would have taken the timeout to see what the defense that Alabama was set up in to then run the perfect play to get them in the position to win. It's just he is a different breed of human. And, man, look, Les Miles ran toss dive 95% of the time. I'm being I'm exaggerating. And Ed Orsron, God bless his soul, he did win a national title here. Mm-hmm. But he's more of a CEO. He's not, he's not going to scheme something up. Brian Kelly, we know this from sourcing. And he talked about it. He didn't brag about it. Called the last play of the game. He called it verbatim. Gave it to Jane Daniels. Runs out there. They do it. Cam, that's the difference between LSU and Brian Kelly than what we've seen in years past, in my opinion. Pretty remarkable stuff, what he's doing. And the learning curve seems to really not be a thing for Brian Kelly in the SEC. By the way, Blake, I mean, the whole thing with Notre Dame, too, is I feel like automatically as a head coach there, you get the short end of the stick because you don't have the luxury of a conference championship to get you into that playoff. Two losses at Notre Dame, you're not getting into the playoff. I don't care what you say. So you have the luxury in the SEC of taking on Georgia in Atlanta. That's a great opportunity, by the way, if LSU gets there. And then if you win that game, you go on to the big dance. Do you see that as a very real possibility? Do you think LSU is going to the college football playoff? Man, I don't know, Cam. Georgia's a really good football team. Um, can they? Yes. Will they? They got to go out and prove it. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, and I, I know there's going to be a cop-out on you, and it's a great question. I just don't. Because here's the thing, how much? So we saw from Florida State and Tennessee, this team's only getting better. So what happens with four more weeks? What happens with another month? So you mean to tell me if this team has another month to get better that they couldn't take down Georgia? Well, they just took down to Alabama, and let's not like people now are saying Alabama was a fleece, like they they weren't that good. Yeah, they they're still a really good football team. So. I agree with, and you know what's funny is the last time Brian Kelly got into the playoff was when he was, you know, in 2020 when they were in a conference championship game against Clemson, right? They lose to Cincinnati earlier in the year. If they would have had a conference championship game and they win, they win their conference. My question would be, did they get to the playoff and LSU never even gets Brian Kelly? Sure. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like, can they win it? Yes. Will they win it? <laughs> George is really good, Cam. I, I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and throw, you know, and lie to you. Let's talk Crimson Tide. Yep. And let's talk about where they are headed as far as trend is concerned. And I'm not talking about this year because they're not getting into the playoff. Right. But is Alabama starting to fall back to the pack a little bit in the SEC? Are the tectonic plates shifting? Are you seeing more of the Tennessees and the Georgias and the LSUs of the world catching up to Alabama? Of course, Georgia has been there, done that, but Tennessee, LSU in particular here in the immediate, is Alabama falling back a little bit? Is Nick Saban trending down? I can't go there either. Okay. And, you know, it's something that we talked about, we've talked about on our show, uh, even after the Tennessee loss, Listen, for me, I'm not going to ever say – like, you're, he's going to have to lose three or four games a season, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to have to lose another one for me to be like, oh, like, this is really bad. 
Um, no, because here's the crazy thing. We've seen this from Nick Saban. We remember in, what was it, 2018, when Tua Tagovailoa and them going up against Clemson got absolutely housed. Well, then they play LSU. Tua goes down. They have a two-loss season. Everybody's like, the dynasty is, is, is yeah. leaving. <laughs> and then in 2020, they win a national title, one of the best teams that we've ever seen. And though, well, Blake, it's a COVID season. Well, everybody had COVID, right? Like, everybody went through COVID. Alabama wasn't the only people like Alabama went through COVID too. So it was an equal playing field. Like, let's Fair. not get that twisted. I, I, I can't go there yet, Cam, because we've seen them. We've seen them lose some games. Like, here's a crazy thing. Nick Saban's going to lose four games in three years. It's that's ridiculous, right? Like it's utterly ridiculous. Here's my thing with Nick Saban though. He's going to make an offensive coordinator change in my opinion which is going to make them a lot better. I think that they put too much on Bryce Young's shoulders, literally and figuratively. He threw the ball cam against LSU 51 times, 51 times. He wasn't even 50% completion percentage. He went 25 of 51. I'm going to make a very bold statement. Here's your hot take of the day. Let's hear it. They are a better overall team, team with Jalen Milrose, their quarterback, because they do what they have to do. Name the name the quarterbacks that Nick Saban's had that's won national titles. Mac Jones, uh, uh, AJ McCarron, uh, 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 Coker. Who didn't win national titles as starting quarterbacks at Alabama? Tua Tagovailoa. Well, you could say Tua did ultimately win to one a degree. Yeah, Tua. But I mean, he didn't start the game. He played a half. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts led them there. So I'm not counting that game as a Tua win. Okay. Then you have Mac Jones that wins you one. It's of my opinion that they just Nick is Nick is a system, right? Like you have to build and you have to play through his system. And I know that that sounds crazy, but when Nick has a quarterback like Bryce Young, he just puts too much on their shoulders where we've seen him where, look, you do what we tell you to do. It's discipline. It's focus. That's my opinion. But it's also not really an opinion, Cam. It's what we've seen actually play out, right? Like, it's actually happened. So it can't be an opinion when it's been like that for the last 10 years. Do I think that they're falling back? Maybe a little this season. But, man, the last thing that I'm going to do is make that man mad. I ain't going to do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Good job, Nick. Good game. Good game, buddy. You just, you know. Calm down. <laughs> well, it's funny. I did watch that Alabama and Texas game not too long ago, and Alabama was lucky to squeak by the Longhorns, who I really don't think are a great football team. Yes, they're ranked and what have you, but even still, like, you should have went in there and won by, like, 17 in theory against right. Texas. So that one kind of stunned me as well. But we'll see what happens with Alabama as we go here. Want to talk about Georgia real quick. Uh-huh. Are the Bulldogs, in your eyes, the favorites to win the college football national championship game? Are they the best team in the nation after that game against Tennessee as well? They showed that they're the best team in the country. Like, it's not even remotely close. Okay. Um, I think the reason is, is that, yes, they only won by 14 against Tennessee. But the problem with that is, is that they physically dominate you at the line of scrimmage. They defensively and offensively, they push everybody around. And the difference has been is I call him Stequavius with that haircut, but Stequavius Bennett, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, the mailman, 
he's playing really well. And as of this week, if you voted for the Heisman, you might have to vote Stetson Bennett as the winner right now. Like not Bryce it, Young, that's for sure. Yeah. Not Bryce Young. Well, here's another thing. Not even are you gonna pick are you gonna pick Hennon Hooker after last week? No. Or, or last week's performance? No. Are you gonna pick CJ Stroud? No. I, I mean, so my, my point is it's not only are they doing it defensively, but it's a lot like so we were talking about Les Miles earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like those Les Miles teams. They dominate you at the point of attack. And the if you don't watch the game and you look at the box score, you're like, oh, well, Tennessee just, you know, they faltered. You know, maybe it was a one-score game. That was never the truth. Tennessee just a- absolutely got housed. They're the best team in the country. The only team that I think right now that plays the same kind of style that they do in the country would be Michigan. But I don't think Michigan has the dudes up front to stay with them for all four quarters. They play a lot of the same type of football. I, I would love to see that rematch. I think Michigan's better this year than they were last year with any, without even a question. And that would be a really, that would be a big boy football game. But it, in my SEC, or my, my SEC, my belief poll this week, I had Georgia one, Michigan two. I think they're the two best teams in the country right now. And I don't think it's remotely close. Yeah, Michigan is looking really good right now, which is a perfect segue as we talk about Michigan and Ohio State here coming up pretty soon, Thanksgiving weekend. By the way, talking with Blake Rafino of RU Serious Sports here on Lock It In. Blake, this could be an elimination game. We're talking about Michigan and Ohio State, the big game Thanksgiving weekend. I know you're an SEC guy, but you'll be glued to this one, I have a feeling. Your oh, thoughts no on this doubt. one. No, well, look. People in the South can make fun of this game all they want. Like a lot of people here think the Iron Bowl is the biggest rivalry, in the, and it is in the South, right? Um, but it's Ohio State and Michigan. Like if you're a college football fan, like you're tuning into this. And Cam, I'm going to make a bold prediction here again. I, I, like Tennessee, if they went out, like they're there. But who, what do you do with the loser of Ohio State and Michigan? That's right. Yeah. You know, like – like are you going to keep either one of those two teams out because uh jackson pitt smith and jigba's not out there harrison jr is the only real viable weapon that they have on the outside and michigan's just really well coached they're a really good team i think of that like you could have a situation cam that you have two conferences with two teams in the playoff because if tcu does lose this weekend to texas then what i think that they're out Mm-hmm. Clemson lost. Are you going to put in Oregon who got housed by <laughs> Georgia in week one? I, I don't know that. Now, now Bo Nix is playing out of his mind, but USC and Oregon, they're going to have to win out, and they're going to have to do it convincingly to get in there. Look, Cam, I, I just don't think that – I don't think that the West Coast teams or TCU is better than a, a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State or a one-loss Tennessee or a one-loss Georgia. Like, I, I, I just don't see it. For that reason alone, I think that the four best teams in the country right now are, as we put in the poll, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and, and I, 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 man, you got to say – Fourth t- is hard. <laughs> well, you got to kind of – like, for me, you got to say Tennessee because I think if you put on – look, let's forget the neutral field. Tennessee goes to, 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 to Dallas this weekend and plays TCU, they're going to house them. You know, and so 
I put out look, I didn't in the poll though. I put TCU because I didn't want to get in the Twitter fight with people. Put TCU up there, Blake. So I put Tennessee fifth. They, Tennessee U does not deserve to be to be fourth, in my opinion, because they're not good enough. Cam, Cam, they're they're losing, they're beating teams that really aren't that good. Look, I I do you let me ask a very serious question. Do you think Ole Miss would beat TCU right now? Because I think that they would. I think they could. Absolutely. They'd be favored. They'd I would be think. favored. Right. And so my, my point would be is if you can't be the, beat the number 10 team in the country, what makes me believe that you should be in consideration for the playoff? Maybe I'm wrong, dude. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I this don't know. This is the fun of college football, man. It is. I mean, it is. Because Probably we're talking about it we're running into a scenario where it's like, yeah, TCU could win out, be a big 12 champion, right? Oregon wins out pac 12 champion. You got a one loss, Ohio state, big 10 champion, Michigan, possibly. Uh, and LSU winning out or excuse me, LSU would not make it in theory. And Tennessee wins out and wins the sec title, but you still have to include Georgia. Like you see where I'm at right now. Like it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you, you know, you know, who's the winner in all of this. ESPN and Greg Sankey and all the other commissioners. ESPN is in love. You know, Fox is in love. So they're loving all of this. They're the big winners in all of this. No doubt. No doubt. Money talks. That is for sure. Blake no Rafino joining Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Blake, you are a gem. Appreciate all your hard work. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. And coming up next on Lock It In, I predict every single Week 10 NFL game. Keep it right here. And welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Thank you, Blake Rafino, for joining the program. Let's talk about my NFL Week 10 predictions. My straight-up record so far, 79, 56, and 1. Slowly getting closer back to 500 against the spread, 67 and 69. Let's get over 500 this week. I'm feeling good about it. Let's talk about Seattle and Tampa Bay. This one in Germany, set your alarm clocks, 9.30 Eastern time kickoff. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites in this one, which seems a little suspect to me, but I think Vegas is expecting a regression week for Seattle, especially considering the travel here, right? You're going from Seattle all the way to Germany. If you map that out, you're getting close to 20 hours in an airplane. So I think that matters here. Seattle has been a great story. Geno Smith, perhaps in the MVP conversation. But I think this is a game where the Bucs finally figure out how to run the football. Seattle is 27th in rush defense. And I think the Bucs are going to commit to stopping Kenneth Walker III, easier said than done, but the Bucs are 13th and rush DVOA on the defensive side. So listen, if this spread was like four and a half, then I would probably take the points, but I think the Bucs do cover minus two and a half in this matchup. I have all the confidence in the world in Tom Brady to get this one done. Jaguars taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are laying nine and a half points in Kansas City this week. What did we learn last week? That if a team can run the football effectively and play good defense, you can slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw that with the Titans. They covered as I predicted. Now, here come the Jaguars, who can what? Play decent defense 
and run the football with Travis Etienne. So that's the logic that I'm applying here in this matchup. The Chiefs are 0-5 ATS in their last five games following a straight-up win. Keep that in mind. The Jaguars, I think, play ball control in this one. Travis Etienne, 28 carries, 35 touches, something like that. And the Jaguars, of course, don't win this game, but they do cover that nine-and-a-half number. Chiefs win outright, but I have the Jaguars covering, utilizing a strategy from my friends at the Alloy app. So thank you to them for that one. Texans and Giants. The Giants are coming off a bye. Five-point favorites at home. The Texans are 0-8 straight up in their last eight games against NFC opponents. These two teams are very similar, though, especially on the offensive side. The Giants rank 29th in net yards per play, and the Texans are 30th. So with that, you could make the argument that the Texans can win this game outright, considering they can run the rock with Damian Pierce. I think he's the X factor here. The Giants are 25th in total DVOA so far this year on the defensive side. And they're also 31st in opponent yards per carry at 5.5. So if you're Lovey Smith, you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to run the rock with Damian Pierce 25 to 30 times and maybe squeak out a victory outright over the Giants. So again, utilizing a strategy from my friends at the Alloy app, I'm going Texans to win this game outright. Forget about the spread, but certainly bet the spread. But the Texans get it done against the Giants on the road. Saints and Steelers. This one is a snoozer, but the Steelers are getting two and a half points at home. Kenny Pickett and company coming off a bye here. So I think he'll be in a better position to succeed at the quarterback position. Steelers are 4-1-1 and ATS in their last six home games. Sometimes you just have to ignore the stats and go down narrative street here. And that's what I'm doing. Mike Tomlin knows Andy Dalton well, of course, from Andy Dalton playing with Cincinnati. He knows his tendencies. And I think that matters here, especially coming off the bye. This is going to be an ugly game, but good news for the Steelers defense. TJ Watt is back. And I think he adds that extra element here this week on the defensive side. Give me the Steelers to win this game on the money line. Lions and Bears. The Bears are laying three at home in this NFC North divisional battle. The Lions just stunned the Packers, but it wasn't pretty. The Bears, though, do own the Lions. The Bears are 7-1 and one straight up in their last eight games against the Lions. And Justin Fields has arrived, folks. He looks great. And... I think that momentum continues in this game. The Lions can't stop anybody. Forget about what happened last week. The Packers stink. So I think the Bears rushing attack is in a good spot here. They succeed on the ground. Play action off of that. Decent defense as well. We'll see if they can create some turnovers. So I'm going Chicago at home. Minus three to cover in this matchup. Browns and Dolphins. The Dolphins are laying three and a half in this one, and they are one and five ATS in their last six games. That's not good. The Browns are coming off a bye, of course, sporting one of the best rushing attacks in the National Football League. And the Dolphins, 
allowed the Bears to average 6.3 yards per carry against them last week. So again, 6.3 yards per carry. And the argument could be made that the Browns have a better run-blocking offensive line than the Bears do. So I'm smelling upset here. And again, I'm utilizing a strategy from the Alloy app to make this prediction. I love taking the points for sure, plus three and a half. But I think the Dolphins actually slip up here this week. I like the Browns to get this victory coming off the bye. They win this game outright. Vikings and Bills. You're seeing a lot of line movement in this one. I checked last night. It was minus six. It's now minus four and a half in favor of the Bills. Obviously, because of Josh Allen's injury status, that is worth monitoring as we go. But even if Case Keenum plays Sunday, I still like the Bills to win this game and cover over the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings might be the worst 7-1 and team I've ever seen. The Eagles are the only true Super Bowl contender that the Vikings have played, and they lost that game decisively. I have concerns about the Vikings in big-time games, and they are much worse on the road as well, scoring the 12th lowest points per game away from their home stadium. And Case Keenum is a decent backup quarterback too. Like he's a solid veteran quarterback. I'll take the Bills here, minus four and a half, they'll cover. Broncos and Titans. The Titans are laying three in this one and this game features two really good defenses. The Broncos are number two in total DVOA. The Titans are 10, but... The Broncos are susceptible in the ground game, 25th in rush DVOA, and here comes Derrick Henry. So I think the game plan is simple if you're Tennessee, defense and Derrick Henry and walk out of there with a victory. The Titans are 6-0 and ATS in their last six games. The Broncos are 4-8 and ATS in their last 12 games. The Broncos offense is pathetic. It's broken. It's bad. The Broncos only convert on 29% of third down opportunities, the Titans have the best third down defense in the NFL. All the reason in the world to pick the Titans to cover minus three, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Colts and Raiders. The Raiders are laying six and a half points in this one. Could be some movement with that line. Some places have them at six. Doesn't matter. I think the Raiders do cover in this matchup here. Worth monitoring Jonathan Taylor's status at the running back position for the Colts, but I don't think it matters because this offensive line for Indianapolis, which by the way is the most expensive in the NFL, is putrid. They can't run block. They can't pass block. Poor Sam Ellinger at the quarterback position can't do anything. Coming off a bad game, by the way, in terms of the entire Colts offense against the Patriots, you have changes, new head coach, an interim head coach, new play caller, somewhat of a new quarterback. And the Raiders are a far better team at home than they are on the road. So give me the Raiders to cover minus six, minus six and a half, whatever number you want to pick, Raiders cover in this game. Cardinals and Rams. The Rams are laying three in this one. But listen, just look at the history between these two teams. The Rams have won 11 of their last 12 against the Cardinals. And I checked the scores. Very few of them were within that three-point margin. The Cardinals are 0-6 ATS in their last six games versus NFC West opponents. Need I say more? Rams cover minus three.
Cowboys and Packers. The Packers are getting five at home. Unbelievable stuff. The Packers look horrible. And I can't believe we're actually in a world where there is discussion about whether Aaron Rodgers should be benched. Let's face it. The Packers are the biggest disappointment in the NFL this year. The Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL this year, coming off, of course, a bye week. So I'll take the Cowboys to cover minus five. I might get cute and say that the Packers could cover or win this game outright, but I'm not going to do that. Give me the Cowboys to get this one done. Chargers and 49ers on Sunday night. Football, the 49ers are seven-point favorites in this one. Interesting matchup here. The Chargers are 4-0 and ATS in their last four road games. The 49ers are 6-1 and ATS in their last seven home games. So something's got to give here. The mismatch is clear. Christian McCaffrey versus that pathetic Chargers run defense. A run defense that coughed up over 200 yards to the Atlanta Falcons a week ago. They were lucky to have won that game, by the way. I'll take the 49ers by 13 points. They certainly cover minus seven in this matchup. Again, no Mike Williams at the wide receiver position. And we'll see about Keenan Allen and his injury status. But I don't think it matters. The Chargers are going to be outclassed on the line of scrimmage. 49ers cover. Commanders versus Eagles on Monday Night Football. The Eagles are 11-point favorites in this one. And at first glance, this is a fairly big spread for a divisional game, especially in the NFC East. But Washington is 1-6 straight up within the division in their last seven games. Now, Washington is a gritty team. I can see them keeping this close, particularly because their defense is playing better. 15th in opponent yards per play, third in opponent third down conversion percentage, and seventh in red zone defense. So given this massive spread and the fact that the Texans covered against the Eagles tells me that Washington too can cover in this game. So I'm going commanders plus 11 to cover Eagles win this game outright. There you go, my NFL Week 10 predictions right here on Lock It In. More of the show to come. Coming up next, I'm talking about the PGA Tour, the Cadence Houston Open. And I'll be giving my best bets for that tournament. Keep it right here on Lock It In. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. Continue the conversation. More Lock It In coming up next. Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99. Continue the conversation. Let's talk about my best bets for the Houston Open this week. Memorial Park Golf Course, par 70. 7,400 yards. Bermuda Grass Greens, one of the more difficult tracks during the fall swing every year. And my outright selection for the Houston Open is Taylor Montgomery, who has been absolutely electric this fall. Third, ninth, 15th, 13th, and 10th so far this fall. That's exceptional. 
third in this field in strokes gained putting over the last 24 rounds. Eighth off the tee. I think it's his time to win on the PGA Tour. Taylor Montgomery is my outright selection. For a top 10, Denny McCarthy. Memorial Park Golf Course requires some pretty precise putting. McCarthy knows how to do just that. Coming off a sixth place finish at the Bermuda Championship, has played a lot of golf this fall, which I think is really important because a lot of times guys play like twice on the PGA Tour during the fall. McCarthy has played a lot. Eighth in strokes gained total over the last 24 rounds as well. So Denny McCarthy for a top 10. Top 20 for Jason Day. It sure seems like Day has figured out his game. Three straight top 25 so far this fall. Best player in this field on golf courses over 7,400 yards. Typically plays well when it's like grinded out conditions, difficult conditions on the PGA Tour has the short game that you need at this golf course, would not be surprised to see Jason Day win this week. So Jason Day, top 20, Denny McCarthy, top 10, and Taylor Montgomery, my outright selection. My best bets for the Houston Open this week. You have been tuning into Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Plenty of more content to come here in November. Thank you so much for Coming along for the ride here, of course, you can hear the show live on SportsMap Radio every Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern time. I will talk to you next week. Continue the conversation on Twitter at MrRogers99 and talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.